Welcome to ABC, Abergavenny Baptist Church, building faith and friendship. You are listening to a sermon series through the Gospel of Mark, entitled, Who is this guy? Jesus. Mark chapter 6 and verses 30 through to 44 is where Jesus feeds 5,000 men and probably a lot of women and children as well. So we're talking about a crowd of probably about 10,000. So just a few more than we have here this morning. And this obviously made a huge impression upon the disciples because this miracle is recorded in all four Gospels. Now you remember that Jesus was ministering in and around Galilee and he had made his headquarters in Capernaum. And then in chapter 6 and verses 7 through to 12, Jesus sends out his disciples in groups of two to replicate his ministry. And they are preaching the good news of the kingdom that God's salvation is breaking into the world in and through Jesus. And they are also healing the sick and they casting out evil spirits in the name of Jesus. Now they have just returned back to HQ and we read in Mark chapter 6 and verse 30. The apostles, that is the, the 12 disciples, gathered around Jesus and reported to him all they had done and taught. Can you imagine their excitement? They can't wait to get back to Jesus and tell him what has happened. Then because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat, he said to them, Come with me by yourself to a quiet place and get something uh, and get some rest. The disciples have just returned from their mission. They are full of excitement, but they probably are so extremely tired from all their ministry and from their travel. And Capernaum has never been a relaxing spot for them because the crowd has always wanted to see Jesus. In fact, it's so hectic with people coming and going, they aren't even able to grab a bite to eat. And Jesus discerns that they are in desperate need of R&R. They need to get to a quiet place. They need rest. They need to be alone with Jesus. And so do we. When life is so hectic with people coming and going with the stress and the pressure of work, and particularly if we're constantly involved in ministry, we need time out with Jesus. We need to find that quiet place, that solitude place, and be alone with Jesus in prayer and reading our Bible. You see, you can't work without rest. And you can't live a Christian life without time out with Jesus. Time to be spiritually recharged. Time to receive God's strength and God's energy to sustain you. Time to listen to God and allow God to order your life and your priorities. How can we do God's work if we're not being strengthened by His presence? 
So are you spending time in the presence of God, reading your Bible and praying? So Jesus and the disciples jump into a boat and they go across the lake, the Sea of Galilee, to find some quiet spot, a remote wilderness area. But we read in verse 33, But many who saw them leaving recognized them and ran on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. As soon as they put foot on shore, the very crowd they were trying to get away from is there waiting for them. If I was one of the disciples, I would have been annoyed. I mean, give me a break. What do you have to do to get some rest around here? And they deserved rest after all their ministry to other people. And this is also kind of an invasion of privacy. I would have resented that crowd. But we read in verse 34. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them. Because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And so he began teaching them many things. Jesus had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. Now in those days, sheep would follow their shepherd through the wilderness to the green grass. The shepherd would lead the sheep to green pastures for food. So a sheep without a shepherd was lost, had no direction. These people were in desperate need for direction in their life. A sheep without a shepherd was hungry, had no food. These people were in desperate need for spiritual nourishment. For sustenance and inspiration for living. And so Jesus has compassion on them because only He can give them direction and nourishment in life. He is the good shepherd. And so Jesus starts to teach them many things. What's interesting over here is that Moses led the Israelites. Moses taught the Israelites. Moses even fed the Israelites bread from heaven, miraculously bread from heaven, manna in the wilderness. In Numbers chapter 27 and verse 17, Moses asked God to raise up a new leader to succeed him so that the people will not be like sheep without a shepherd. Interesting. Is Jesus suggesting that he is the new Moses? What's even more interesting, in Psalm 23, states that 
The Lord is the shepherd who leads us to the green grass. He is the one who leads us, who sustains us, and who restores our soul. Interesting. Is Jesus suggesting that he is doing what only God can do? I mean, who is this guy, Jesus, who claims he can do what only God can do? And so Jesus, the good shepherd, like Moses, teaches the people in the wilderness. We then read in verse 35, By this time it was late in the day, so his disciples came to him. This is a remote place, they said. And it's already very late. Send the people away so that they can go to the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. The disciples have read the Baptist Union's latest guidelines on health and safety, and what they are doing over here is a risk assessment. Large crowd out on a day trip, risk. A mob of 5,000 plus gets cranky because of hunger. And so they're coming to Jesus with a very reasonable warning. And for a prophet, they think Jesus is lacking in a bit of foresight. But lucky for them, for him, they're thinking ahead and warning him of this potential hazardous situation. Time to wrap up the seminar, Jesus. This crowd needs to get home for supper before their traffic jams on the motorway. And Jesus says in verse 37, You give them something to eat. I can just imagine their response. What? Who? Me? And they say to him, That would take more than half a year's wages. Are we to go and spend that much on bread and give it to them to eat? In other words, they are saying, Jesus, do you really know what you're asking? It's going to cost us more fortune to feed these guys. It's impossible. They are patiently trying to explain to Jesus what cannot happen. They are pointing out the impossibility of the situation. Ever been there? It's impossible. We can't make something out of nothing, right? Are the disciples right? Yes. Except for one tiny little detail. They're talking to Jesus. That makes a difference. That matters. That changes everything. What we discover here is the disciples still haven't really grasped who they're talking to. Who 
is this guy Jesus? They have little faith. It's impossible. Now, it's not like they haven't seen Jesus perform miracles. They've seen Jesus heal a leper, a crippled, a woman with bleeding. They've seen Jesus calm a storm, cast out evil spirits. They've even seen him raise someone from the dead. But nope, can't do this. Impossible. They have little faith. What should the disciples have said? What would have been a good response? Maybe something like this. This is an impossible situation. I do not have the resource to feed these guys, but I know you. And you are able. Await your directions. Tell me what to do. I think that would have been a good answer. A faithful answer. But the disciples have little faith. What's encouraging for me is that Jesus works through people with little faith. The disciples look at the situation and they say, Impossible! Jesus responds in verse 38, How many loaves do you have? Go and see. And when they found out, they said, Five and two fish. You can almost hear them mumbling under the breath, like we told you, impossible. Now when we read five loaves, we shouldn't be thinking of those big French baguettes. They weren't coming with the hope, if only I slice them thin enough and spread the cream cheese out thinly enough. No. We need to be thinking of the oval pita breads and two sardines. A single disciple, even a small one, could have eaten all that by himself. They come with little faith. And they give their little resources to Jesus. And we read in verse 39... Then Jesus directed them to have all the people sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties. It's interesting that they actually mentions, it actually mentions that the grass was green. Is this another allusion to Psalm 23? And what we discover over here is Jesus, as a good shepherd, is giving direction and organizing his sheep. Verse 41, taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. And then he gave. Now the verb gave in the Greek is in the imperfect tense, which means he kept on continuously giving. Giving them 
to his disciples to distribute to the people. He also divided the two fish among them all. They all ate and were satisfied, and the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces of bread and fish. The number of men who had eaten was 5,000. Wow! Who is this guy, Jesus? And what we discover over here is that a little becomes a lot in the hands of Jesus. The disciples had little faith, they had little resources, but they offered their little to Jesus, and Jesus makes their little into a lot. And everyone is satisfied. They are stuffed full. There are even leftovers. There are 12 baskets of leftovers. There is more at the end than there was at the beginning. Wow. God takes the little. If we offer our little to Jesus, Jesus makes it a lot. Perhaps you feel that you don't have much to give to God. Perhaps you feel you've only got a very little resources. You've only got little gifts and talents, little wealth, little money. Perhaps you feel it's not even worth giving what you have because it's so insignificant, it won't make a difference. But it doesn't matter how little you have or how much you have. We might have a little, but we all have something. And Jesus is asking us today, what do you have? For when you offer the little you have, the little becomes a lot in the hands of Jesus. Quite a few years ago, people said this church would close in a few months' time. You had no pastor, you had no money, you would be closed. The few people who remained here took the little they had and they offered it to God. They took their little faith and they took their little resources, time, energy, gifts and money and they offered it to Jesus and the little became a lot. The church didn't close in a few months time as people said. You got a pastor, you met your budget. In fact, you, God exceeded your budget year on year. And the church continues to grow as God continually draws new people into the church, young families and kids into the church. You offered your little, and God made it into a lot. For a little becomes a lot in the hands of Jesus. So the question is not how much have you got? Do you have a lot or do you have a little? What matters is are you prepared to offer the little you have to Jesus? Are you prepared to be generous with what you've got? Your resource, your time, your talents, your money. Are you prepared to offer that little to Jesus and then watch God do what only God can do and make your little a lot in the hands of Jesus?
Who is this guy, Jesus, who feeds 5,000 plus with five loaves of bread and two fish? Everyone must have been in awe. For the real significance of this miracle is not that everyone got a free supper. But it says something very profound about who Jesus is and why He has come. He is the good shepherd who comes to feed His sheep. He comes to bring true spiritual nourishment. Take note what Jesus actually does with the bread. The four verbs in verse 41. He takes, He gives thanks, He breaks, and He gives. Those are the exact same four verbs that describe what Jesus does at the Last Supper. He takes the bread, He gives thanks, He breaks the bread, He gives it. Both this miracle and the Last Supper are a foreshadow of the true spiritual nourishment that Jesus gives to everyone through His death and resurrection. For on the cross, Jesus offers up His life like a piece of bread to be broken and given for us. So we can experience forgiveness, So we can have new life. So we can be truly nourished. And this meal truly satisfies. Have you partaken of that meal? Has your spirit been nourished with that bread? Have you experienced the forgiveness, the love, the healing and the peace and the satisfying satisfaction that only comes from Jesus? How do we partake of that meal? Through faith in Jesus. By finding that quiet place, that solitude, And going to Jesus in prayer and asking Jesus to forgive you and to feed your spirit with His peace and love and healing. And when we take communion in faith, Jesus will reach down to us with His Holy Spirit and feed our hungry souls and we will be truly satisfied. You might say, but I only have a little faith. I don't have faith. I haven't got much faith. Well, that doesn't matter. The disciples didn't have a lot of faith. They had little faith. We often have little faith, but we serve a big God. Take your little faith with all its questions and doubts and offer it to Jesus. And watch it multiply. For a little becomes a lot 
in the hands of Jesus. How do we do that practically? Well, we go to Jesus in prayer. And we ask Jesus to forgive us. And we ask Jesus to give us more faith. And we read the Bible, especially the New Testament, for the Bible says that faith comes by hearing the message, and the message is heard by the words of Jesus. And when we read the Bible, when we read the words of Jesus, God starts to give us greater faith, build greater faith in us. And so that's why we need to be reading our Bible. We need to be praying. We need to be coming to church. We need to be listening to sermons because that's how our faith grows. And that's how our faith continues to grow. And that's why we need to find those quiet places, those solitude places. Have a time out with Jesus. Read our Bible and pray. Because that is how the good shepherd feeds and leads his sheep. Let's pray. In the quietness of your, of your heart, Imagine in your mind's eye that you are standing there in the wilderness before Jesus. You look down in your hands and all you have are five loaves of bread and two fish. And in your mind's eye, offer that to Jesus. Say, Jesus is all I've got. I I offer it all to you. I give it to you this morning. Perhaps you only have a little faith. Offer that faith. That little faith. Offer that little faith up to Jesus. So Jesus, I give it to you. I only have little resources. This is all I've got. But I I give it to you. I offer it up to you this morning. And then rather than just offering up the basket of bread and fish, why don't you offer up your whole life, your very life, your whole self. Don't just take the basket. Father, take me. I offer it to you. As a living sacrifice. And allow God by His Holy Spirit to minister into you right now. He's here with us. Allow His Spirit to minister to you and empower you. To sustain you. And to feed you. To nourish your spirits. By His Holy Spirit. Father, we thank you that you are the great shepherd, that you sent Jesus, the great shepherd, to offer his life as a a sacrifice, as bread to be broken and given out for us so that we can experience your forgiveness, your love, your peace, so that you can nourish our spirits. Father, won't you nourish us 
afresh this morning. Lead us to that green grass and feed us and restore our souls. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen.